There we go. Ah, it's folks. Hello, welcome to Tavern Chat. But really, it's the weekly talking crit with Bad Mike and Tenkar. And uh, for those of you listening at home on the uh, podcast side of things, this is being recorded live on YouTube and Facebook. So if you want to abuse Mike and myself, most Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, you can find us pulling crap like this. Please abuse us, by the way. We, we love we actually love the comments, seriously. The comments yes. are hilarious. They 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 bring out the best of us. We have to think on our feet then. That's what we're best. You know, Eric was a cop and I don't know what I did. But anyway, we're we're great on our feet. <laughs> we think think on our feet. Actually, I got first place in extemporaneous speaking all three years of high school. So I'm I'm great at thinking on my feet. Too, all right, so. before we even hit the main time, what the hell is ex- <laughs> Extemporaneous speaking. I'll do it right. Yeah, Extemporaneous speaking is you have to. You're given a topic. You have five minutes to prepare, and you have to deliver an informative speech on that topic. It it cannot be made up stuff. You, so you have this little file box that you carry around with you. It has all the major events of the day, and they'll ask you a current event. They'll say, "Tell us about blah blah," and you get five minutes to prepare your speech, and you present like a. I can't remember how long it was. Five ten minute speech, and it has to be all factually correct, and it has to be informative, and then they grade on different things. I don't know if they still do it anymore. This is 40 years ago. I, you know, I never even heard of it. <laughs> but I was great. I was great at it. I got first place all three years. I, I, cause I, I'm a bullshit artist. I mean, that's the whole thing. I, cause sometimes I'd go, you know, I don't think this guy's going to fact check me. So, you know, well, what do you think about Jimmy Carter's blah, blah, blah. I, oh, let me tell you that. And I would just bullshit. And I'm like, Oh, you know, that sounds all right. I, I actually, I, I remember having to do uh, something like that. in one of my, uh, I think, it was, I think it was history class, probably in like 10th grade. I did it on Herschel Walker of the uh, <laughs> New York, New Little Jersey uh, generals, right? Yeah. He was, he was a Dallas Cowboy too at one point. Yes. And uh, it was one of those things where I literally read the article uh, right before class started, did my speech. I was told I did very well. And then the kid who I borrowed the paper from was like, that's fucking bullshit. <laughs> Oh, yeah. look, look how well I prepared, you know, because Herschel's, one of, Herschel's one of my heroes because without Herschel, Cowboys wouldn't have won those three Super Bowls in the 90s because they traded Herschel. I don't know if you remember the big trade that happened when they traded Herschel. Herschel Walker, who was the best player in the Cowboys, for pretty much every draft pick of the Vikings for the next three years. <laughs> or the first, first, second, third round draft pick for three years, and that's how who we drafted to basically have our Super Bowl run. So I love you, Hersh. And, and, and by the way, still does a um, thousand push-ups and a thousand sit-ups every day. I saw an interview with him recently. God damn! Yeah, and he's got he's got to be what sixty something. Seventy. Well, my, my father's seventy-seven. He still bench presses. Jeez. I'm like, you're out of uh, your mind. I'm, I'm, I'm lucky if I can bench press this. Uh, I, I've got I, I've got my wine in my uh, my wine spritzer. I might have a little little mm in my uh, drinking pool here. Mm. All right, well let's get this started. Um, All right, let's get this let's get this party started. Yeah. So before we uh, hopped into this, we were like, should we retouch upon the uh, Weiss and Hickman Dragonline saga? And here I'm gonna. I, I will give credit where credit is due. I I, I rag on Enworld an awful lot. Um, and I rag on Morris a lot. Because the, the love there goes far and deep. Um, but yeah, we, we, will, we give Morris a hard we give Morris a hard time. But, but yeah. I will, I'm gonna give credit where credit is due. He probably has the most informative article 
on the Dragonlance lawsuit that I have read to date. And uh, work went, went, went into it. Uh, Morris, Russ did, did the work and it's under his byline and it's, it's good. And it really, uh, it breaks things down a lot better than the legal paperwork did, which uh, I am not a lawyer. I, I did read it, and I was only able to glean certain things from it. But uh, Morris did a much better job. And apparently what it is is that in this case, uh, the work wasn't being done for Wizards of the Coast. Weiss and Hickman were licensing the IP, the Dragonlance IP from Wizards, to be published by Penguin. Penguin gave them an advance. With that advance, they paid the licensing fee to Wizards of the Coast. And the tortuous interference part is because they found out that uh, Wizards of the Coast was directly dealing with Penguin Random House to right. uh, make things more so, so They basically went around the back of, of... So, I mean, I guess the scenario... I mean, the scenario could... We're never really going to know because, as we said before, we're never going to hear anything from Watsy and no. um, and Hickman and Weiss have said their piece. So, if you look at kind of between the lines, what apparently what happened was uh, all the all the changes that were uh, Weiss and Hickman were asked to do by Watsy. <clears throat> um, at some point, they went around behind their back to Penguin Random House. And I don't know what was said. Maybe we can't work with these people. I mean, they're they're we've given them every chance to alter their manuscript, to change because it gives some examples of what they were asked to do. And there was something about a love potion, something about a name change for a character, diversity issues. And they at some point they said we can't deal with these people, and they went around their back to Penguin Random House, and that's what uh, is considered uh, torturous interference, uh, right? So I, I don't know if uh, Penguin Random House was like, hey, our out, our way to back out of this deal is to have the licensee back out of the deal with a licensor and screw things up. So it's like, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's, I guess in football, would that be like a flea flicker? Probably... <laughs> don't, watch, don't look at the hands because the hands are flinging this to the side. So yeah, this is this is that. kind of this is gonna this may be messier than we thought in terms of all the people that are involved in this because I'm sure Random House Penguin doesn't want to be seen as hey but and because they were paid to, so they paid the advance out um, that may be so they paid the advance so I, I'm assuming they're they're keeping the advance because. You know, and I, I just find it possible that Penguin Random House would ask for the advance back. Um, but they're apparently keeping the advance. So this is a totally different thing because they're suing Watsy. They're not yep. suing Penguin Random House. Oh. Now, sir, and and there's and that may be why they're not suing Penguin, Penguin Random House. They say, oh, hey, we got to keep. They let us keep the advance. So uh, we also, but we put in all this extra time, and Watsy kind of screwed this deal for us. So let's go after Watsy. Right, because they have um, like, what two of the three. Manuscripts are written, and uh, yeah. by the way, David Thompson makes a point because he's never a Dragonland fan. A few people played it in our RPG club when it was released, not read the books either. Now, here's the deal I, I enjoyed the books, I enjoyed <laughs> that first trilogy. Was not saying it was it was uh high quality, but it, it was entertaining. 
Did I like the adventures? No, because they were fucking railroads. Oh my uh, but, but god. See, we don't understand. They're supposed they were supposed to be railroads because you were basically going to re you were basically going to enact or redo the the same trilogy and walking in the steps of the heroes, except you were the heroes this time. Because you basically got to be either you know, eat Sturm or or any of their characters, you got to be those characters, and they had, you know, they had character cards for all of them, and you could change the way things are. Because, I mean, spoiler alert for a forty-year-old book series: uh, <laughs> Sturm dies at the end of the second book. Um, but, but if you're playing it, Sturm doesn't have to die, and maybe Tasselhoff dies. I mean, you know, there, there could be all kinds of things happen. So you're basically supposed to play through the events of that trilogy with the characters. So yes, it was extremely railroady and that's what people go nuts about is it so really, but it was supposed to be the, the whole, I mean, that was the whole point was to be, was it supposed to be, yeah, the, the artwork was David. That, that was Elmore. That, that was that Elmore and easily stuff was, that oh, yeah. was, that was at the height of their game, man. Those guys were kicking oh, the, it. And the artwork defined the series, if you ask me, but here's the thing. And you're saying, yes, Tasselhoff could die. Why could Tasselhoff die? Because Tasselhoff was, not one of the primary characters, but if uh, Riverwind died, mm, right? Yeah. Then no, no, she has to survive because she's pushing that series forward. Or uh, uh, Raceland, Raceland can't die, right? Because he's probably uh, tough. Yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah. So and again, I haven't read these books, and well, I, I want to give a, years. I want to make a confession here in front of my fans. All, all, none of them. Oh, Christopher, you're one of my fans. This is one of my fans right there. Um, I'm his fan too, though. Um, I want to make a confession. I ran the Dragonlance modules back in the 80s, but I ran them with the party I did. We didn't use the Dragonlance characters, and I ran it just, you know, straight, not railroady. It was basically they could choose whatever they want to do, and they were fighting a group of dragon cultists. Now, it was basically this cult that worshipped dragons. Well, with Front Realms, Front Realms, you have something called the Cult of the Dragon. And basically, these, these are guys that worship dragons, and they're they're – Number one thing is to try to get dragons to to die, and they become dragon like Draco liches. And so I ran I ran the series, and if you don't run it as part of the Dragonlance world, it's not they weren't bad. They had some really good dungeons in there. They had some interesting um, layouts for some of the dungeons you would hear. There's one that's a it's a big dragon mountain thing, and you go through it. And there's it it, it was it wasn't bad running it not as Dragonlance, but yes. I, I can see picking those up and going, what the hell is this? Especially if you're an AD&D first edition player, because this came out during first edition. I can see picking these up and going, what the hell? No, I'm not running this. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not running, you know, unless, I've, unless you've read the trilogy and you're just so hooked on it that we're going to replay it exactly the way it was. Um, but there's no reason you would want to run those in any yeah. shape or form. No, but now, you have to understand what Dragonlance, so the reason this is, so this has got blown up a ton not just the regular, or not just online with among fans, but the regular media is 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 um, people don't seem to realize this was a huge seller back in the day. I'm, we're talking like I remember picking up one of the paperbacks a few years back, and it was like 40th printing. This is like really? I mean these these things went through so many printings. They sold millions of copies, bestseller list. Um, after the trilogy, original trilogy, Weston Hickman wrote another trilogy. Then there was another, I want to say, about 200 books written yeah, in the Dragonlance world. But, you know, but let's, let's, let's <laughs> touch on that. You have to remember, though, this is the same era where, all right, they didn't do much with Greyhawk, but the Forgotten Realms novels, they were putting out stuff left and right. And the paperbacks are a huge reason that TSR yeah. went under. 
Right. Because it was the returns that returns. Were returns that, that, that and Dragon Dice and what was oh, it? Dragon oh, Dice. Spellfire, Spellfire card. You, you can still they buy got, Dragon Dice, dude. They got returned. They, they were bought in massive amounts by by Walden Books and bookstores like Beat Alton, and then they were returned. But I mean, that's that's a different story for another time, which is an interesting story too. Yeah. Um, but but anyway, these I, I remember. I mean, the, the, the saturation of Dragon Dice was so much. I remember in the late eighties um, going on a, a date with a girl. Just a just somebody I'd met at the record store I worked at. I remember going to her apartment, and, and we had talked before, and she'd mentioned never mentioned anything about fantasy or D D. And I walk in her house, and she's got these Dragonlance posters on her wall and a Dragonlance calendar. I'm like, "You like Dragonlance?" She's like, "Oh my god, I love Dragonlance." I mean, this is just just some random person that wasn't into fantasy. I mean, you know, whatever. But this was just a very this is saturated the market at the time. Dragonlance was huge. And this is why I know a lot of people are like, oh, I hated Dragonlance. And I don't, you know, who wants to read Dragonlance? It, it's 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 a huge property. And it's it's really surprising there hasn't been a, a movie, a, a really good movie version well, made. Well, there has been a movie made. Remember well, the Lucy cartoon. Roller, cartoon. Yeah. Didn't she voice it? No, it wasn't. I, I don't I even know was, who um, she, who I th- she I was think, playing well, in that. What's his name? Was um there was a cartoon that uh, what was the name? Um male actor. There was there was a he played Raceland was uh dang it. I can't remember. But there, there's, I, there's I own it. I've there. never actually yeah. opened up. It, it's really bad. It's really bad. But but yeah, the, the, this is why this is such a big deal because this is this is a huge property and this is something that Watsy doesn't want to lose. Um I think all the cards are aligning that it it turns out I think they were going to release a 5e Dragonlance because that, that, that's the only reason you would have kind of commissioned the original authors to come and write a trilogy, right? Or right, because you, you're trying to push it. But now, mm-hmm. like we mentioned uh, in the last episode of uh, Talking Crit, uh, the focus at Wizards of the Coast has changed. Uh, they they have decided, and and I I hate this 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 phraseology. Uh, and saying woke because it, it it's dismissive. It, it can mean anything for anybody too. Yeah. It's yeah. A- but uh, they have they have uh, gotten to the point where they feel that they must uh, address the loudest voices, and the loudest voices are not necessarily your fans. You know, no. your, your your fans tend to be quiet. They peacefully take what you give them, and they're happy and they're excited. I mean, when you think about it, um, when you look at like reviews of anything, if something is really good, how likely are you to review it? And uh, probably not because right. it's good, right? If, if it's if it's average, you're definitely not going to. But if it's if it's horrible, oh fuck this shit! I'm oh, gonna yeah. write my little review here, and I'm gonna tell them where they can stick it in there. Right. So that's why uh, the 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 angry mob and, and listen. We learned about that back with uh, the the moral majority. We learned about that back when we were kids with D and D and D and D was Satanism. You know, you didn't need too many voices to to get loud about that before they was like, oh well. Uh, when we come out with the AD and D two E, take out the demons and devils because <laughs> because that that we're gonna call yeah. them uh, uh, what the. F- but I can't even pronounce what they decided to change. Tanari, Tanari and Bayatsu or whatever. Bayatsu, yeah. Uh, Bayatsu, your mother. <laughs> it sounds like an Italian curse. 
But uh, so I mean, this, this is this is a big deal, and like and like everybody said, I mean this this is I've seen so many people post like, oh man, I love the original trilogy. I haven't read the stuff in years. The, the, I think this is going to be, be an attempt to bring a lot of people back in the fold, and for it to go so wrong, it, it just makes you. I mean, gosh, I really want to be a fly on. I really wish I was a fly on the wall in the meeting when they said we're going to pass on this because th this is a this is really something went really wrong. I, I mean, I, I either. And, you know, the blame could be anywhere. I mean, I, I, as much as I love Weiss and Hickman, maybe they just at certain point just said, you know what, we're not changing anything anymore. You've asked us for way too many changes. We're not going to do it. Uh, I mean, maybe the changes are reasonable. Maybe they weren't. I, I mean, I don't know. I, we'll, we'll probably never know. I mean, all, we, all we're ever going to hear from is um, is Tracy and Margaret. I mean, we're never going to hear from Watsy on this. That if we hear anything, it'll be this is under litigation. We're not allowed to talk about it, yada, yada. I mean, that's all we'll ever hear from them. So something just really had to just crash and burn yeah. for this to go so wrong because this is this was going to make a lot of money and it was probably going to launch a five E Dragonlance and it was you know going to put a lot of new eyes on the franchise and you know for them just to absolutely just cancel this is yeah. it's very interesting and, very interesting and and you know it wasn't something that was initiated by Penguin Random House you, right. you know this came from Woods of the Coast. Based upon the paperwork that was filed with the lawsuit, where it's like, and they bypassed us, they bypassed the authors, went right to our publisher and said, we need these editorial changes. <laughs> it, it, which, I see, you know, I don't know, this is all speculation, because I'm, I'm thinking, well, maybe then it was, it was, maybe it was something that, that bothered uh, Tracy about his faith, because, you know, Tracy's a very loyal member of the LDS, and, um, this, uh, I, you know, I don't know, but it's all speculation. I mean, that's all we're doing. We're just spit taking here, right? It's all, it's all just, but it, it had to be something that he wasn't going to, that he and Margaret weren't going to budge on. And Wasi said, they're not going to, they're not going to budge. <laughs> I mean, they're, right. whatever we're asking them to do, they, because at one point it mentions they did rewrite 70 pages of, of the first novel to yeah. accommodate changes. So they did, they were accommodating for some things, apparently, but apparently, but at some point there was a, there was a limit reached, and they said, "No, not well, anymore." Here, I'm gonna I, since we're spitballing, and I'm gonna throw this out because, as Morris's article states, they had two completed manuscripts. They had the first book and the second book. And uh -huh. what it looks like to me is that the first book—you don't start your second book manuscript until you've done the changes on your first one, right? Like you might have an outline, you might have a plot, you might have a first draft, but you don't have a finished copy until you've got a finished copy of the first book. And it sounds to me like uh, Wizards of the Coast convinced Penguin that they didn't have a finished copy of the first book. It was like, we all, no, you need more changes here. You need whatever, uh, you know, for, for again, for whatever reason. Sure. You know, uh, the, the, the characters are too evil. And, 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 hey, it could be along the lines of uh, what we have going on now with, well, not all orcs are evil, right? Um, it might be something along the line of, well, no, you can't have purely evil races in Dragonlance. That, that's what makes me, you know, and that's the people who want to hammer Watsy period anyway, that's where they immediately go to because that's been the story of the year, right? It's just right. all, all the absolute missteps that Watsy's made. So they want to go there first because that seems like the logical place to go is that, well, they ask, Margaret and Tracy do something ridiculously woke. I'm like, I hate that word too. We need to think of something. I do. I, we got to find a new word. Yeah, we got to find a new word. But I mean, just they may do something, you know, absolutely like just over the top. And they just said, 
No, I mean, you know, we're not going to do that. We don't care what, you know, your, your audience wants or what you think people want. Now this is, we're writers and we're writing a book and we don't have to, you know, we don't want to change things just to make the 10% or the 20% happy, but we don't don't know. I mean, that's like I said, that's, we, we don't know. I mean, but, but it it had to be something along, that's where you go. That's where you go. Right. Because that's, that's what the whole year has been about is been, making some fans angry with the fact that we're going to kowtow to, you know, what we consider the loudest voices in the room. And some people saying, well, I don't care. It doesn't bother me. And other people saying, well, it does bother me, you know, and, and they just, it's like, they don't really see that they're dividing their audience. You know, that they're, they're pitting fan against fan. And it's, it's, it's not good for the product to do. No, and you don't want to do that. I mean, and, and, and this comes on to the fact that, Part of the downfall of 2E also was the multitude of boxed sets and settings. So many settings that you were pitting fans against fans, players against players. There was so much out there that people couldn't play it all. And if you couldn't play it all, then you were putting out stuff for more segmented pieces. They've been much better. With with uh, five E, well, at one point you learned. had you know you had Ravenloft, Spelljammer, Dark Sun, Planescape. I mean, Birthright. It, yeah, Birthright. Second, I mean, you had all this stuff, and you weren't bringing new people into the hobby. You were just taking your d- audience you had and just dividing them up into smaller pieces. You weren't, and that's what they said. You weren't. They weren't making more money. They weren't bringing other people in. They were the same people that were always there were just doing different things. So you had people that were like, yeah, I play AD&D second edition, but I only, I play Planescape or I play, All I right. do Ravenloft or I do Spelljammer. It was, it was really rarely you found somebody that, yeah, I play, I'm in a Birthright campaign, a Spelljammer one and an Alcadim one and a Ravenloft one that just, you just didn't see that. And so in the end it hurt their product because it was, it was not bringing new people into the hobby, which like I said, makes this kind of funny because they haven't had a, a Dragonlance in how long, and to, to restart the Dragonlance for 5e would have been huge, man. Oh, my God. That would have been – I mean, listen, the settings that uh, old-school fans are clamoring for sure. are Dragonlance and Greyhawk. I don't want to see Greyhawk done because I can't see it done well. I, I don't see it being done with respect. I mean, maybe if uh, Goodman Games put out – uh, you know, one of their retro books where they do the original and then a 5e version, and you uh-huh. have the Greyhawk folio and box set and from the ashes, and then you have it updated. You know what? Maybe, maybe, but otherwise, uh, I, I just don't see it being treated the way the old school fans are going to want it, and they're the only ones that are going to buy it, they're the only ones that give a shit. Yeah, nobody, nobody. Yeah, no, nobody that's old school would probably be happy with. with but they, they just need to leave. Greyhawk needs to be left alone at this point, and yeah. and look at some other properties up there. One of the ones that comes under perennial review is Planescape, because Planescape was such a popular product, but it was it was kind of nichey, kind of nichey and culty, but it it was really kind of cool. It's almost like a cyberpunk version of D and D, and you still have a lot of lot of fans of. Um, Planescape out there, so I'm I'm surprised they haven't done a lot with that in the last twenty or thirty years. Um, I, I I just think they'd be very that Planescape would be extremely successful. Uh, but, hmm. uh, you know, uh, David, the only problem with 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 setting it in the uh, San Francisco Seattle area <laughs> is although you do have a body of water, you don't quite have the Naya dive set up and uh, the, the the city of of 
of Greyhawk. Well, you know that that's that's got to be like your city of 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 sin, and that's already on the east coast where I live. There you go. So, so anyway, so that, that was a really interesting art. We, we we rarely ever say this, but um, if you want a little more insight into the uh, uh, brouhaha with um, Dragonlance, uh, go ahead and check out Imworld. Uh, there's an article on October 19th about the Dragonlance, and it really puts out everything pretty well. It has the entire um, uh, lawsuit info there and they pull out some various parts of it and tell you you know what do you think this means what does that mean yep and so it's 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 really it's very informative very informative article in terms of just having the facts i mean no really no speculation in there you know and uh, it, it's broken down into layman's terms and uh listen i've i've dealt with the law as as a cop um you know one of our three main things that we did the academy, well, four if you count physical education, right. but it was law, uh, social sciences, and, uh, and and police sciences, and knowing how the law works, both 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 for criminal and civil law, was important because it tells sure. you what your limits are. But when you look at legal paperwork, and this comes from somebody who's been sued, I got I, I got sued as a cop, and I looked at that paperwork, and I was just like. What the and, <laughs> and, and and as a cop, they, they say, uh, listen, you're gonna just uh, you're gonna sign it that you've been served, you're gonna forward a copy to the corporation council. Uh, the city will sign if you're indemnified, and if you're indemnified, don't even think about it until you get called to testify. And three years later, I had to make a deposition in a public library with two lawyers who didn't take it seriously anyway. I was like, okay. <laughs> Go figure. So, uh, yeah, Dave, Dave is like uh, Horn is his fantasy world setting, his go-to. Uh, you know, Horn details things to a level that um, I, I, I can't, I can't treat it as a as a fantasy setting. It feels more like an actual medieval setting with. Uh, Occasional fantastical trappings, and I just can't. Greyhawk felt magical, okay, and felt magical not in the same way that Forgotten Realms feels magical. Forgotten Realms feels magical in in a much uh, brighter, more intense magic. Greyhawk is the average person might never ever see a spellcaster in their life, but they know they exist. Whereas in Forgotten Realms. Everybody's seen Elminster, right? Elminster came by for my birthday party, and it's <laughs> like, oh. And by and by the way, my least favorite character in Dragland, since we're talking about that, Fizzbane or Fizzban or whatever. Otherwise known as uh, the yeah the 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 God, yeah the, the character there that's gonna fix everything type yeah of, the, those kind of characters the DMPC yeah DMPC that's what I was looking for yeah yeah it's like uh, okay like. Uh, Oh, you guys went off the beat. You guys went off the rails. Now I gotta fix it. Actually, right. I, I read a few of those Dragonlance books. The, the ones that came after the Weiss statement, and not not very good. Not very good. But um, anyway, so I don't know if we're gonna hear if we're gonna hear if we're gonna hear anything about this. This seems like one of those things that's gonna be settlement check cut. We don't hear anything else about it. Everybody shakes hands and backslaps, and we move on. But. It's going to be interesting if anything does pop up. Well, we will keep, uh, you know, 
keep our eye out and see what we can see what we can find out. Yeah. I w- um, wish we I wish we get Weiss and Hickman to talk to us, but oh. there, there's no reason they would tell us anything. Yeah, <laughs> I, can no- see, I, I can see them coming on the podcast. It's uh, like, what can you tell us? Uh, nothing. Yeah, our lawyers right. say can you nothing. Tell to us you. about the books that you re- <laughs> that you that you wrote prior. Well, uh, some of what you wrote prior would be covered by the current lawsuit. Mm-hmm. All right. So can you tell us about the projects you worked on? When you were you, you were your own company and you licensed Dragonland, um, but we no longer have that license, and therefore we can't. Oh, yep. Sorry. What else? What, what else we got going on besides uh, rehashing Dragonland's unhappiness? Sadly. Oh well, here's here's the thing. Believe it or not, it's actually been a relatively quiet week in the. Overall. It has been. Yes. Uh, now it is Halloween week, and. Uh, that that does mean that it, it, it gets to the point where I start saying things like, I think Ooh, I have the... Let me see. Hold on. Buy candy to not give to trick-or-treaters, but actually eat myself. Okay. Uh, well, isn't that what we always do? Yeah, of course we do. That's why we buy more bags than we need. We always go, oh, I bought five bags. <laughs> no, we all know. No, no. I, I, I can't, I can't even I can't even do that, man. Because here's the deal. With, 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 I love like my, my almond joys. I could binge on that, but if I do, my blood sugar is going to spike through the roof. Oh dear, yeah. And if I eat the sugar-free candies, um, I don't leave the bathroom for days because okay, uh, TMI. Because, but hey, there we go. Yeah, because the uh, ritual, whatever it is, it's like <laughs> it's like uh, uh, what, what was it when about twenty years ago? What was the Lestra? Oh yeah! Oh, the Alestra. Oh, oh boy! Oh, yeah, this, that was this, that was this food may cause anal leakage. That was, was like, not good. What yeah. the hell? was a rough one. When 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 your when your snack of choice may cause anal leakage, that doesn't. I remember when it was like, oh, you know, these chips all have cholesterol now. There's no cholesterol. Yeah, there's a trade off, buddy. Yeah, yeah, there is. Trade off was not good. No. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I was gonna say. So we're talking about D and D the Halloween. So I knew a friend, or it's a couple actually, and they had a tradition every Halloween. They ran Ravenloft at their house. Okay. And they, and they dressed up. He dressed up like Strahd, and she dressed up like who's the chick that Strahd was like in love with, but she died. She jumped off the top of the castle, and I can't remember all the characters' names. I. But anyway, so they dress up like them, and they and he ran Ravenloft every year, which I thought was a super cool thing to do. This has started like in the nineties, and I, I, for all I know, they may still be doing it. But I just thought that was the coolest thing to do every Halloween. And they would just have everybody, whoever wanted to come over and play, they just have you know roll up a character, and we just you know or bring a character. We don't care. Straw's right. gonna probably kill you because it's you know Straw. This is first. This is old school Straw. This isn't new wussy Straw. Right, this I, is, this I have something to say about that too, by the way. So, because the new Curse of Strahd came out, and and I've actually got some info about that. Oh, do tell me, yeah. but but anyway, but that they used to do that. I thought that was a really great tradition. Um, I I don't, we don't really have any kind of tradition of running games of Halloween in my house, which kind of is too bad. Um, uh, but I, I think still, that is a great tradition to do to run a game, uh, run a scary game on Halloween, man. That's great. I mean, I used uh, oh, I what was it the. Uh, one of the Ravenloft events, the ones where uh, it's basically the Pinocchio ripoff, and the uh, PCs <laughs> get turned into like puppets in it. Listen, I used to run uh, either a, a Ravenloft adventure or a, 
and they weren't one shots because one the one good thing about Ravenloft is if you didn't want to run your campaign in the setting, <laughs> the mist could come and steal your players, you know, nice. from wherever they are. It's like, yeah. Oh, and 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 every year my players would go, ah, oh, shit, fucking mist again, because Jimmy was like, <laughs> mist, you know, being, mist is bad. Mist, mist is, mist is bad. You go to the bad place. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna get fucked in Ravenloft again. <laughs> uh, or I or I would run a one shot of Call of Cthulhu. Oh yeah, Call of Cthulhu is a great. That that oh that would be a great Halloween game. Oh my gosh, that just gave me some ideas. Yeah, and, because yeah, that's that's a good one. And I'm going to mention that the uh, Call of Cthulhu uh, starter set. I got mine on Amazon when it first came out. It's like 25 bucks. It is an amazing value. It's the newest rule set. It gets uh, you uh, a solo adventure, and then it gives you three group adventures, and yeah. just just run with it, man. It, it, it's it's a blast. You'll learn the rules without even realizing you're learning the rules. <laughs> So. Well, the uh, so the the new uh, I was going to say that I just I just read something on Facebook the other day. The apparently the um, the new Curse of Strahd revamped came out. Now, for those of you that didn't know, Curse of Strahd got came under fire because of its portrayal of the Vistanti, which Vistani, which is the the race kind of modeled on stereotypical gypsy type type of the the, the Romani, yeah, yeah Romani. And that was considered not very uh, culturally appropriate. So they've changed. So they came out with the, the, the Curse of Strahd revamp, which came in this really cool box. Uh, it's got it's, it's all, it's, the presentation's amazing. And then I saw some people talking about it on Facebook about the about Strahd, and they were all griping and saying Strahd is a wuss in fifth edition. And I was like, really? what, what is this? So apparently, <clears throat> a from what I People that I trust, if you run, if you run um, Curse of Strahd slash Ravenloft in Five E, uh, your characters are going to walk all over Strahd and, and wipe their feet on them like a bad doormat, because apparently the presentation they have, uh, the version they have Strahd they have in the Curse of Strahd set is very weak and easily defeated and not not up to standard of the original First E or even Second E version, um, which which. Is weird. I, I don't know why. The, I have suspicions why they would do something like that. Oh, I um, pretty much. You know, I don't, I don't need I, suspicions. I don't know why they would do that because the whole point is Strahd is one of the greatest. I mean, let's face it, Strahd is one of the greatest villains in the D and D universe. I mean, you have Vecna, you've got oh who else? Um, who who? Uh, Ayus. Yeah, you got Ayus. You got. Um, the 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 uh, red wizards of Thay. I mean, you've yep. got you know the Zentarum, but you know Strahd is one of the biggest baddies ever, right? I mean, he's he's just he's a magic user, 18th level magic user slash vampire, from what I remember my first edition. So I mean, he he's just a, he's a badass. And plus, while he's in his castle, he can do all these things. And, you know, plus he's got all these minions everywhere. You know, in the castle, he's got zombies and skeletons and rats and all this stuff. So I mean, you have to go face him on his ground, which is his castle. Right. You're screwed. You're screwed for the word go. You know, and I, I've run a couple parties to um through Ravenloft and it's never gone very well for them. I think both times they've survived. I don't know if they killed Straw both times, but it, it was not pleasant for them. They, they they just basically just got their ass kicked up one side of the castle and down the other side. Um plus he can charm you. I mean there's all kinds of powers that vampires have anyway without even being magic user. So 
supposedly the the 5e version and if anybody wants to um email us or let us know any specifics because i i'm probably not buying any watsy stuff ever uh, tankcars.tavern um, at gmail.com tankers.tavern at gmail.com. Let us know if you have the fifth edition version, what you think, because I'm interested. People that I trust have told me this. So I, I have no reason to mistrust them, but they have said that it is a Candyland version of Ravenloft and Strahd's a wuss. And any party of mid level should be able just to slap them around like a little school kid. Um, I don't know if, I guess you hadn't heard that. So that, that's, that's well, what well, I, well, well, here's the thing. All right. And, uh, and this is coming from the individual that referred to uh, fifth edition as the uh, Care Bear edition, <laughs> right? Of the D and D lineage. Uh -huh. Okay. Um, whereas uh, Pathfinder took the idea of skills and powers and made it like your characters now are infinitely tweakable. Uh -huh. uh, and then Fourie said. Well, let's, let's, let's no, we're going to make everybody totally balanced against each other, where even your Thacko is the same no matter what class you are. Sure. To 5e, where it's like, what's the biggest problem in MMOs? Well, you know, in the original EverQuest, um, when people died, you had to loot your own body. And if you <laughs> died in that yeah. bad area, where like where the spiders were, and it was a dark screen. You couldn't find your body. Your shit would rot. Right. We want to go exactly the opposite to that. So let's not ever kill PCs. And if we do, <laughs> right, let's give a resurrection spell to like fifth level characters to make sure it, it, it's it's never an issue. So when I would run uh, Ravenloft, and not the original, was it I seven or whatever it was, but the actual box set. Strahd was always the big bad evil guy that, you know, as the party thinks they've they've overcome the great evil, Strahd's overlooking from uh, you know the hilltop in the back, and he's that great shadow and the, the looming presence that they know somebody else is pulling strings and they've not gotten there yet. Whereas now it's all right. The best way that old school gamers can can liken it to is. Do you remember when Deities and Demigods came out and some of your players went, holy shit, now I can beat Thor. Now I can get Thor's <laughs> hammer. This is great. That is 5e where you've now toned the bad guys down and you've toned the PCs up. Um, the, the idea of putting players up against adversaries mm -hmm. that can overpower them went away with I guess 3.5 you know which the whole point of DD it's a cooperative game that relies on your imagination and power of the mind as much as anything um, one of the one of the things I always do with first level parties is I, I put a first level characters up against an ogre because normally an ogre is gonna stomp the hell out of you so I want to know how can you how are you gonna beat this ogre are you going to outthink him? Do you set a trap? Do you try to trick him? I mean, there's different ways to beat him. Yes. But I'm just interested to see how the party's going to do it. Because if you run into him, just so we're all going to run and attack him, he's going to kill you one by one as he crushes you with his, you know, his fists. So, so 
you're forcing characters. Okay, you, you want to get a character party that's brand new together and make them all sit there and think about how we're going to beat this ogre. Well, the same thing with anything like like Strahd. Strahd's too powerful for any one character to defeat on their own. How can we together, even though he's way more powerful than us, how can we all get together and use our skills to be able to defeat him? Now, I, I found the I found the link in question, and I don't have permission by these guys to say anything, but. Um, I'm going to say that Ian McCarty, oh. Ian McCarty says this because Ian McCarty does probably doesn't care. And oh, I don't care. Keep going. <laughs> keep going, Ian. No, he'd be like, yeah, Ian, yeah. Ian McCarty. Oh, crap. Did I just lose it? I just lost it. Let's see if I can find it again. It was, it was pretty funny. Vamp, vamp for a second there, um, All right. my, my friend Eric. And I will find Ian McCarty's hilarious quote that made me laugh so oh, much. Ian tends to give us a lot of things that make us laugh. <laughs> <laughs> but it was very. I thought it, he had a lot of people agreeing with him when he um, when he uh, posted his his uh, little rant about uh, straw. Oh, how did I just lose this? Did I just touch this with my hand? Why you, oh really my, you probably deleted it, and now it's I gone. Can't for, it. it can't it's delete. Gone it's impossible good. to delete. It's it. gone for good, Mike. It's impossible. You, you can't delete it. these you, things. You, you know uh, what? You are right. What, what, what okay, here, okay, here here was Ian's quote. I was really disappointed with this adventure. Strahd is a pale shadow of the terror he once was. He gets a lot of agreement. Um, Casey Christofferson. Oh, I'm throwing you on the bus too, Casey. Uh, yeah, why well, you're the co-worker. Casey agrees and says, needs some, buffed, need, needs some buffs is mild. 5e can be fun, but it scales weirdly because honestly, I don't believe any of the powers that be playtested anything beyond 10th level. A party of four fourth level characters could pretty much be anything in a CR that is supposed to be deadly challenged without breaking a sweat. And then he just basically, they, basically they get a lot of agreement in the thread that um, uh, Ian also says that storyline's tight, NPCs are memorable and unique. It's just Strahd is like the off-brand outlet version. His stat block, which I looked at after we played it, was pitiful. He needs better attacks and options. Uh, I just don't feel he stands up past eighth level for the characters. And so, th thank you for that uh, unsolicited opinion, Ian. We just that we used without your permission. Um, but it, but it's on a public forum, so we don't really care. It's Facebook, so it's already been stolen by Zuckerberg. by everybody else anyway. And, and we'll probably bring Ian and Rocky on one <laughs> but, day anyway. But this is an issue with Five E. I mean, the past Strahd. This is an issue with Five E, in that some people, especially older players, have felt like this is the this is the Care Bear version of D and D. That there's no real terror. There's no real chance you're probably going to lose your character. And so when you have something like because because Dravenloft is probably the closest thing that obviously that to DD has to a horror type setting. How do you have horror when there's really no chance the character anything bad's going to happen to the characters? Right. How does that create any kind of horror? I mean, look at Call of Cthulhu. Going crazy is like the mildest thing that could happen <laughs> if you in a Call of Cthulhu adventure. I mean, you can have your soul stolen, you can oh, yeah. be, you can be melted down to, you know base parts you can have your your head sawed off your brain taken out of and stuck in a, a piece of tin by a mygo and and then spend the next 500 years you know screaming endlessly in the void i mean there's terrible things that could happen to you in call cthulhu and then of course you could also go insane um but dnd &D has nothing like that because there's because 5e has eliminated any chance that really you know, there's going to be any lasting consequences of any yeah and that's and, and that's the damn shame about it and the other thing about Call of Cthulhu is that my gaming groups, we always ran it as one shot or uh, an arc, two or three sessions to deal with the story, and then we, we you left it. That way, you know, players could take actions that fit their vision of the character and the story as opposed to, 
I got to take an action that will allow me to survive so I can get better because you don't get better in Call of Cthulhu. You know, you go insane or you go dead. But my so we we had a long campaign called we actually ran through Master really? the Dip. We ran the whole thing. I'll we could talk about that in the show one time because that that was uh it remains to this day the best campaign I ever ran in my life of any of any RPG. Uh we ran a whole uh a whole campaign of Master the Dip. We had two players, one had never played Call of Duty before, one had never played any RPG ever. And okay. they had the best time. He played Indiana Jones type character. He goes, can I play Indiana Jones this game? I'm like, sure. And so we figured out he was good at the whip and he had a gun. And that's very, I mean, that's set right in the call through the era, right? The twenties, forties, right. right? So yeah. he had, they had a blast anyway. But so my little brother had a character. His name was like, I think it was like Harold P. Jones. And like you said, you don't really get better. You just, you, so at a certain point, <laughs> He had read enough books for his Sandy. The highest it could ever go was like 50. And he said, this is never really going to get any better. I said, no, your Sandy will just keep going down and down. So he basically retired and became the the professor emeritus of the group. So when they needed to answer a question, they'd run to him and he would have a library. Because he didn't want, since he'd been through so many adventures and not died, he said, this is a special character. Because Call of Cthulhu, the life expectancy is very low. Yep. And he survived massive. You know, he survived quite a few other campaigns so he just retired him but yes nothing ever about him ever got better <laughs> everything his you know he lost his strength once because he fell in a pit with a bunch of goo and it sucked half his strength down you know his his insanity was like was in shatters so it was kind of it's almost a counterintuitive game in that you're you the thing that you're trying to strive to do is you're trying to save the world right you're saving the world but you're going to end up a, a, a mindless insane probably dead wreck you know but hopefully you've saved the world hopefully you've you defeated the forces of darkness and sent them back for a little bit you know but there's really no there's nothing at the end of the there's no rainbow <laughs> pot of coal at the end of the rainbow call Cthulhu. and dnd doesn't have anything like that because dnd is built around the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and that's the right. whole thing you do this because there's treasure at the end there's um, you know, gold. I mean, probably the fat closest thing we have is maybe lamentation stuff because lamentation stuff often you're not getting rewarded. You're just basically escaping with your life and you should be happy that, you know, you didn't get eaten alive. Oh, well, unless the it's the uh, monolith at the end of time, in which case, <laughs> whatever choice you make, you you're, are, yeah. you're, you're just fucked. I my, mean, my favorite bad module of all time because. I, th I think I think James says in the introduction, the only way to to, to beat this module is to walk away. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Walk and when away. he says walk away, he means actually walk away from the gaming table yep, and say we're through. Yeah. We're not going to go here. Yeah. Okay, well you you made it because to go in this module was going to be you're going to die. It's predetermined. You're dead. If once you once you're in the module, you're dead. So yeah, that's that's maybe too extreme. Um, but yeah, that, that's it's a common complaint about fifth edition, and, and especially comes forth when you talk about any kind of anything that's permanent or horror related. Uh, unless, I mean, if somebody has a fifth edition character, and you've had you've experienced um, the opposite of that. Let us know because that's all I've ever heard is that really you can't die, and it's there's no permanent effects, and nothing really bad ever happens to you. So, um, uh, sadly, um, Ravenloft is not a good um, not a good fit for that. Well, you know. The Ravenloft setting, like, I don't know if you remember the Midnight setting for third edition. The best setting that I never ran. Midnight is a great setting. It is. And it's coming back, by the way, too. Is it? For 5e? It's coming back. I'm going to, uh, you vamp and I will Google. I just saw something about it. Because um, something like that, that you'd have to change the default uh, settings to 5e for Midnight to work. Because you've got to make it 
that your characters aren't like superheroes. They have to have faults. They have to be able to be at risk. They have to understand that uh, they are fighting the darkness and their chance of survival is minimal. You know? Well, Midnight, imagine Middle Earth if uh, Sauron won. That, that's basically what Midnight, the setting is. You are characters, you're fighting against darkness, you have no chance of winning, it's too powerful. Um, and so you take victory and small victory. I mean, you take your solace yep. and small victories, and you, you beat the bad guys back where you can. But, but you're never going to, you're not going to have one big campaign where you just go and you, you kick, you know, kick the big bad out of wherever, but you, that's never going to happen. But so it's, it's kind of a nihilistic setting and that, you know, you're never going to really succeed, but it's, you know, you win these small victories. Maybe, maybe you can free this one city. Maybe you can defeat this one villain who's really bad you know, you know, you won't defeat the empire. But maybe you can kill Darth right. Vader, that kind of thing. And it's just, it's a very, it's probably one of the best things that 3.5 put out. It was by Fantasy Flight. Um, they, they had two, they had a first and second edition, but I just read something the other day and I, I my Google food is failing me. Um, I had seen where they were going to come out with a new version of Midnight. And right. I'm, well. I'm very, very interested in that because it, it was a very good setting. I, I'm not, I did not like 3E or 3.5, but I love the Midnight setting. I think I still have the source book. And it, I just, it was, it was very well done. I, I, I still have the book, uh, and the other one I liked from third edition, it got killed with the switch to 3.5, was Dragonstar. I I thought that was like a spell jammer done right. right? And I'm not saying spell jammer was bad, but spell jammer is kind of campy. And my mm -hmm. groups never fell into the campy world of gameplay. Uh, but whereas Dragonstar was uh, like, Okay, we're going to drain life essence to get this shit moving. Like, Here it is. Mid Midnight Legacy. Okay, this came out. Uh, article um, July 31st. Midnight Legacy of Darkness confirmed for D&D &D 5e. Uh, what right. if the bad guys won? Take a Lord of the Rings style setting. Imagine the Dark Lord and his army beat the humans, elves, and dwarves. This is the premise of the old D&D 3.0 campaign setting for Fantasy Flight Games. So apparently... Um, this year, they got out of the role-playing business. Uh, Sister Studio Edge picked up the Star Wars license. Blah, blah, blah. Let me get to the good part here. Um, so, yeah, apparently there will be a uh, there will be a third edition of Midnight, and it'll be for 5e. And so uh, I'm interested. I, I don't play 5e, but I would love to, I'd love to read the books and see what they've. Uh, oh, I I, I would buy them in a heartbeat because, to be honest with you, and and, and they're going to I guess put a segue for a moment here, but. I run Swords and Wizardry, whether it's Swords and Wizardry Complete or Swords and Wizardry Light, Continual Light. Swords and Wizardry is my wheelbox. I can I can run it without referring to the books, but I find that I like DCC RPG adventures. I happen to happen to like the system. My gaming group never did. It was too uh, random, too uh, swingy for them to be able to plan out in advance. But they like the adventures too. It, they, it works as an ep. If you're going to run an episodic drop in, drop out between sessions, it works great. It's kind of like uh, doing a, a drama series on network TV. The way they used to be when we were younger, like if you watched Magnum PI, you maybe had a two part episode, but usually what happened in early in the season, what happened later in the season, made no effing difference. <laughs> right. Right. You know, it wasn't yeah. it. But, uh, so DCC matches, I would convert them on the fly. And I'm bringing it up because DCC is like that weird fantasy with those, like, those horror undertones, not overtones, but undertones going right. to it. 
So the dark, there's a dark aspect to it, and it's up on Humble Bundle right now. Oh, so for, as, for as little as a buck, you can go well, in. Well, well, there's an affiliate link if you go to tankcarstavern.com. But just, I don't care if you do or don't um, use the affiliate link. Grab it uh, for a buck. I think you get like ten or eleven adventures. For eight dollars, you get like another ten adventures and the rule book. I mean, geez. And we talked uh, about this before. You, you cannot go wrong with Humble Bundle. It's all winners. Yes. Um, you donate to char- charity, gets money. Uh, you get a lot of good stuff for, for very little cost. Uh, every everybody makes out. The Humble yeah. Bundle is a is a great great uh, um, r- way to get books. Good, yeah, good books cheap. And, and and you know you're not hurting Goodman Gaines by doing it. And no, and oh, no, 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 no. Because listen, they're selling PDFs. Uh, this isn't. They aren't selling hard copies here. These are PDFs, and yes, you're getting PDFs. Even if you win for like fifteen or eighteen dollars, you get like I don't know forty adventures, and you're like, oh my god, it's like fifty cents an adventure. How, how are they making money on that? They're making money on it because they're going to sell probably six, sure. seven, eight thousand bundles. For, for, Frog God does. We do. We do home bundles probably twice a year, and we're not losing money on it. We give stuff away. Cheap, 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 but it works out great because every, every everybody comes out ahead. Everybody mm-hmm. comes out ahead. And if all you do is use it for inspiration, uh, you don't have to, you don't have to use it for DCC. I don't. All right, and I still think it's 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 uh, some of the you know the better stuff out there. It's uh you know it's definitely a high production quality and not for nothing. I love Doug Kovacs' artwork, and it's uh, splashed all across the covers and inside and. With the maps, so yeah. So somebody was telling me the other day that they're not a Kovacs fan. I'm like, what? I mean, you know, how can you not be? A, this stuff's crazy, and it's 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 evocative, and uh, it reminds me a lot of the old um, the old artists that did some of the Ace paperback stuff way back in the 50s and 40s. I mean, it's just it's all over the place, and I, I love Kovacs. Doug, Doug's a great guy, but yeah, I, I don't know how you don't like Doug Kovacs's artwork. That's weird, but. Well, I, Mike, I told you my uh, my first meeting with Doug, right, at North Texas. You thought he was going to kill you, yeah. Because <laughs> well, he's at the That's table. Everybody's first that, meeting with him, yeah. Yeah, well, we're sitting down for breakfast, and it's Rach and I, and, and Doug's at the table, like, next to us, and uh, Doug gives me a, like, you know, nod. And, and Doug is, you know, he can be a man of many words, but he's also a man of few words. And in this case, it was like no words, just a nod. And then he's like, uh, "You're a ten car." I'm like, "Yeah, yes." You know, if I didn't already know you from your work, I wouldn't like you. <laughs> I was like, "We all, we all say that." Everybody. I was like, "Uh huh." He goes, "Well, he goes, you're a fucking cop." I'm like, "Oh, all right." <laughs> That's I, where that came from. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. I was like, "All right, okay. I, I, I'll, I'll grant you that, Doug. I'll grant you that." And uh, there was another time, a couple, of, you know, a couple of cons later. Was you know now I would see Doug at North Texas and Game Hall, and we always sit down or stand and talk, and and catch up on stuff that's going on. And uh, he was like, "Where's Rachel?" I'm like, "Oh, she's uh, we're probably at like, Gary Con. Rachel's probably spying." I'm like, "You know, she's uh, doing a spy." He goes, "Oh, because you know, you know, I I, I enjoy talking with you, but." No, Rachel really listens. <laughs> yeah, you're. Yeah, yeah. Okay, take our but you know, you're, which you know, you're, you're not going to disagree with that either. You're, you're no, right. no. I, he's right. You know, I, yeah. 
Hell, Rach is a social uh, worker. She I was telling your, uh, I was telling my daughter, my oldest daughter, who's living with us right now, who had doesn't know your your wife. I was telling her the story about Rachel's first trip to North Texas. Which oh I, my god, where she she'd never played games before, and then after what two hours or two days, she's like, "I'm we're coming back here every year." Yeah, no, I'm yeah, like, ah, yes, we her, got one. Her we got first one. Uh, GM was uh, Tim Schneider. Oh, you can't go wrong with Tim. Yeah, no, no, I, and uh, her 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 initial her GMs that weekend were Tim Schneider. Doug Kovacs, uh, Zach Laser, and Matt Finch. And we were supposed to have uh, Michael Curtis, but when we got to Michael's game. Everybody, it was like Saturday night. We were like, just, just take it to the fucking bar. We were exhausted. <laughs> um, but no, the actual big story about that first North Texas, and Rich is going to be hearing this from the back, um, was when we reached that first night, we get there Wednesday night, and Rich decides that there's a pool here. we got to enjoy the pool. I'm like, okay, let's go into the pool. So we go into the pool, and there's one other guy in the pool. And uh, we're just waiting around. And Rach is like, he's got to be here for the con. You got you should talk to him. Like, ah, you know, but what am I going to say? He's like, you know, he's like, I don't know, just talk to him. You're you're Eric Tenkar. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah you play for the con? And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm here. I'm, I'm here for the North Texas RPG con. I hear Victoria laughing in the background. <laughs> yeah. So then uh, he goes, I'm like, oh, yeah. So, yeah. So she's like, well, yeah, we're here for the same thing. He goes, really? He goes, yeah. Yeah. And she points at me. He goes, yeah, this is Eric Tenkar. And he's like, huh? Who? <laughs> like, you don't know. He's like, yeah, you don't know who Eric Tenkar is? And he's like, no fucking clue. Where you been at? All right. So, so I said to him, I go, I go, uh, you don't read blogs, right? He goes, no. I go, uh, Dragon's Foot? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do forums, Dragon's Foot and OD&D 74 and uh, Knights and Knaves. I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay. And I said, tell me, you know, this, this kind of, especially back then, it wasn't much of an overlap. I mean, yeah, you kind of went in, but uh, not great. Yes, Pally Christopher Christopher Sodgill. Wait, if Rach is there, why is Eric talking? Hey, Rach gets to, Rach get Rach and I do this together. Oh, sure. they, on, they do their they do their own Friday thing. Yeah. They have the health they have the health uh, broadcast. The gamers health on, on Friday nights. But, yes. So I had to explain to Rachel that yes, I might be known in the blog sphere, but in forums there are many that yeah, you know, uh, Eric, Eric's not universal. <laughs> as, no. as, as people, uh, that, that's the thing that sometimes we have to get through our thick skulls is we, we hear some development in the gaming industry think, oh my God, this is just, you know, this is going to blow the lid off everything. You go to a convention and 90% of the people don't know what you're talking about because right. we're, we're part of this really small you know, group of people that read all the blogs and are really into the Facebook and the YouTube. And there's just, most people in this hobby are not into all that stuff. And so they, they don't know when this happens. They don't know. I mean, I, I guarantee you my brother, who's a huge Dragonlance fan probably has a, you know, a couple hundred of the, he probably has all 200 or whatever the books. I guarantee you he doesn't know about this lawsuit. Uh, hey, I, you I, never I, told him. You never told him about the I don't think I, I think we, we saw we played oh. last week, and I think I forgot to mention it. But um, you know, he wouldn't know. I mean, most people are not going to know about the grisly details. And so, you know, we, a lot of times we think these things really matter, and they, they really don't matter that much unless you're just really into the industry like we are and just really plugged in. Um, and, that, and that's true. And, and you have to remember, 
Again, if you're listening to this uh, on the podcast side or you're listening live on uh, YouTube or Facebook, you are wired in. You are part of that group that knows what's going on, what moves the industry. Uh, You don't get surprised when a new release comes out. But uh, this majority of gamers, they're not. And that's the thing, too. Wizards of the Coast forgets that. We forget it, but it doesn't affect our business, you know. But which of the coast, it affects their business. When they go, oh my God, we have somebody on social media that's upset with uh, Oriental Adventures and how it doesn't treat the uh-huh. the Asiatic peoples properly, and you don't realize that you're yeah you're getting a very aware segment of your 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 fan base, but it's uh-huh. a very small segment of your fan base. You know, and and don't give it too much weight. You know. So we were we started off by talking about Halloween. We didn't really cover Halloween too much, as, as we oh. as, er, as Eric and I will do, and we and we drifted around talking about. Hopefully, it was interesting things. But uh, so let me throw this out. So I, I told my Strahd story, which led to all the other, which led to this long path. Um, so what do you have any Halloween traditions when it comes to D and D? I mean, do well, you, uh, apparently think? it's it's saying uh, the three names that uh, Chris has up on the screen in the mirror, <laughs> and, and 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 see if something comes out of the mirror, uh, kind of like Candyman. Uh, but uh, oh boy, like I said, I I used to run either uh, something set in Ravenloft or uh, something like Call of Cthulhu, but I haven't worried about that in years. I mean. And to be honest with you, I mean Halloween. Like this this time it falls on a Saturday, right? So, I mean, I could have done. I think it's a pretty yeah, it's a pretty great day for Halloween. Yeah, if we didn't have COVID, it'd be a wonderful day for Halloween. But uh, I don't know how many people, how many kids are going to be out there running around with COVID and the on the loose out there. So we'll we'll see. I'm buying my can anyway because I guess I'll just have to eat it myself if the kids don't come. Gosh darn uh, it. With me being diabetic, that means like one piece every week. So yeah. sure, the bag will last me about a year. And, and, you ha- and, and you have to make sure it's like worth it. It's like you don't want to eat the candy oh, corn. No, no, this is good stuff. Or the, or, or the candy pumpkins, which are even worse than the candy corn. So, Eric, did you have that one? There's always that one neighbor that gives out full-size candy bars. We did you have we yep. had one. Oh yep. my god. And that 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 earned that neighbor any number of anything with us kids. We loved that. It was an old lady and she would give out full-size Snickers, Milky Ways, whatever. She was a shoplifter. And we we treated that old lady so good during the year. I mean, her lawn was never not mowed. Her leaves were never not raked. You know, everything because they'd be like, "Oh, you know, old woman, whatever needs some help." Oh, we'll do it. We ran over there. I mean, because those full size candy bar, and you didn't just have to take one. You grabbed a. She had like a bucket. You're grabbing a handful of full size and shoving them in there. And yeah, she she was. There's always that one that's just awesome. You're just like, you know, all right, you know what the holiday is about, baby. But Mike, now here's the question for you: When you got home from trick or treating, did you have to dump it out in front of your parents? No, we, we didn't do that. My, my parents were never paranoid about there might be a razor blade or or I actually want to eat your candy. <laughs> there was no. A- they, I, I would the full size candy bars would be gone. <laughs> no, they were pretty good about letting us eat our own candy, except just don't eat too much where you're just you get sick. But no, we, we didn't we didn't have to do that. I I know a lot of parents that do that now, which is pretty funny. 
See now, you, you know, now, 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 John's trying to brave a bribe a cop here. We were the house that gave glazed donuts to the seven or eight <laughs> trick or treaters that would walk the quarter mile drive to our house here, and that, and that's good because they were glazed donuts. The problem with the uh, powdered donuts, even the ones that were like the cinnamon powdered, is they got over your dark blue uniform and it really, really showed. But the glazed donuts, not a problem. So you could eat. Them. Go to the go to the cop if you want information about donut eating. There's a this man is a professional. He could. I I bet you knew all the best donut shops too. And you on your beat, didn't you? Um, here here's the thing. Uh, there was a saying, and I first heard it when I was uh working as a cop in the South Bronx. Uh, besides, a, a good cop is never uh cold, hungry, or wet, meaning that you always <laughs> right. found a place. If you're on a foot post, a place to get warm, a place to eat, and a place to shelter in, but. You also knew where to eat well or where to eat cheap. And the two very rarely went together. <laughs> but you would know the best place uh, in the command was like, all right, I, I, you know what? I'm going to move for, I'm going to move for a chicken parm that will choke a fucking horse. <laughs> and, you, and you'd pay, all right, back in uh, 2002. I was paying seven dollars for a chicken parm hero. Oh man! But oh my god! I, I, I as a sergeant, I get, I get back in my, uh, in my patrol car, and I be telling my driver, "Dude, for the next half an hour, you got the radio. I'm not getting out of this car unless I have to." <laughs> All right, you just, yep. say, just answer sergeant stop because I, I, I need to like quasi hibernate right now. <laughs> and also, you knew the places like the uh, when I was a cop in the South Bronx. I was like, you go into your pocket, and you're like, oh man, I've got like a dollar twenty-five to to have a meal. All right, well, where's that school bus that's parked on the abandoned lot where they uh, make the Ecuadorian food out of somebody's like stew pot? <laughs> but uh, it was good. It was it was good food. I couldn't say uh, if it would pass like a food inspector, but uh, it was tasty and the price was right. So you learned you learned them all. Yeah, you know, you never knew what was actually in there, but you know, it tastes good. But, so. but but you also you knew the places to go that weren't going to like uh -huh. spit in your food or uh, put like, like. Oh yeah. You know, uh, if if you went to certain places because you were desperate, you either went for something that was already like. If you went to McDonald's, you were already looking for stuff like. You know, I, I hate the hamburgers, but they're already wrapped. I can see them on the shelf. Give me the hamburgers because yep, I, I I I know it. I, I knew a highway cop that uh, when I was in the South Bronx that he went to the McDonald's in our command, went uh, went in and uh, got broken glass in his his big man. Oh dear, yeah, that's not good. So the what we used to do in uh, the late '90s, the whole deal was just before everybody had cameras at the drive-through, was if you were going to go to Taco Bell, you went through the drive-through. Because Taco Bell makes your food on order. Right. So you didn't want to go in and have possibly, you know, locals from the command that maybe you arrested. Uh, or somebody somebody wearing a uniform similar to yours uh, might have put through the system. You don't want them making your food, mm. knowing who it's going to go to. So uh, you <laughs> went to the drive thru Now, I don't, I don't know what they do because – Drive-throughs have cameras. They know exactly. They probably have your license plate before you even come through. So. Oh dear. 
Yeah. Well, I, 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 got, I like your idea of Call of Cthulhu. I'm going to have to think about a Call of Cthulhu game this Halloween. I, I had not thought about this. It's maybe too late to set something up, but I, I may roll something out. Well, do you have, do you have the basic set yet? The uh, new editions. No, I'd have to be playing. We probably play an old, like maybe seven point or something. One of the. I mean, the thing about Call of Cthulhu, though, it's 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 it all percentage, it's percentages. It's yeah. That that's one great thing about every edition of Call of Cthulhu, except for the very last one, which they did change up quite a bit. Um, you could play any of them with any rule set. Yeah, and you can play any adventure with any rule set, which I always thought was just a great feature of the game system. Was it was that you know there was really no no um, uh, game adventure that was ever really something. And you couldn't run, you know. It, it was never like the change between D and D two point out to three point out or three point to four or four point out to five, where you just you just couldn't even just run it as written. You had to do a lot of you know uh, thinking on your feet. It's all. I don't know well enough to. I mean, the the earlier editions, basic the role, basic role playing editions. Yes, I, I I could roll with that and convert between different editions of that stuff. And no. I I ran. Uh, RuneQuest Second Edition. That was probably my longest-running non-AD&D campaign. Was RuneQuest Two with Pavis and Big Rubble, and it was just totally a sandbox. And it was total sandbox with my players going through Big Rubble, and uh, it was a blast. But it's it, it, that basic role playing is it, it's a simple system that's very flexible. It worked with uh-huh. Cthulhu and, and, and other stuff. But if you got folks, if you haven't, uh, Call of Cthulhu basic set for their latest edition, I believe it's 25 bucks. I got mine on Amazon. You get a full set of gaming dice. You get uh, a solo. The only thing I got to say is that the covers of the booklets are cheap. Um, yeah. they're, not, they're not that thicker cardboard. Uh, this is my problem with uh, Avalon Hills uh, RuneQuest 3. Where your paper, your covers folded over real easily, and then suddenly, oh yeah. Shit. <laughs> so it's it's also the one uh, uh, rule set where uh, I actually returned an open product to my game store because I was like, "This is a piece of shit." That was the Monster Coliseum. The oh world, yeah, the most that, yeah. worthless release. Uh, yeah, everybody associated with that has to be embarrassed to this day. That was not a very that was not a very good product. No. Yeah, I actually brought it back, and my game store took it back. <laughs> and when they closed, like four years later, it was still on the shelf. <laughs> it was still on the shelf because even even collectors aren't going to buy that one. That was a bad one. That was a tough one. Yep. So. Well, uh, yeah, we, we we touched on Halloween, Mike. Yeah, we didn't do we didn't do a Halloween it's it's duty, but we you know we're old and we got COVID this year. We may not have no trick or treaters. I'm kind of not really in the holiday spirit. I'm kind of bummed out because I, I love my wife knows this. I love handing candy to trick or treaters because I love looking at their costumes. I love it when they have really imaginative costumes. I just love the look in the kids' eyes when they kind of come up. The little kid, and you just start uh-huh. putting oh, candy totally in their thing, and they're oh, yeah. Yeah. And I just love the whole thing. So I'm kind of bummed out because it looks like we're not really going to have a Halloween this year, like everything else that got called off. So. Not, unfortunately, not in the holiday mood, but you know, we'll see how I feel next week. Maybe I'll have a, maybe I'll have a good Halloween story to tell. Um, well, I mean, I have Halloween candy to give out, and I'm realizing that I'm 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 not going to be standing at the door. I'm not going to wear my COVID mask and hand out <laughs> uh-huh. shit to the little. So I'm going to put it out there, and I realize the only container I have 
is uh, the disposable kitty litter container that hasn't been used yet. <laughs> so that might actually be good for Halloween. You know, it's like, mommy, well, they, they put the candy in the cat can. I have a cat litter box. Uh, it's okay, kids. Just go ahead and eat it. There's probably yeah, no trapped, right? Yeah. There's no litter in it, right? Oh, no. yuck. Yeah, yeah my, my, uh, I had a really nice uh, big pumpkin container, and uh, I think it broke. The handle broke off last year, so I got to look that up and see if I need to glue the handle on or if I, I'll just I'll just totally be lazy and throw it in a plastic bag or something. I don't know, but I'm just not, I'm just not in the mood this year. I'm sorry. What can I say? Just not in the Halloween mood. Well, hey, last year uh, we were at Game Home. That's right. I mean, we missed Halloween. I I have uh, we well, actually no. So last year, uh, Hall- uh, we left we left for Halloween. No, that's right. We were at Game Hall. That's right. We were at Game Hall. Game Hall. Yes. They have, they have right. I forgot about that. Yeah, we had trick or treating for the kids. That was awesome. Alex did a great. That was a great idea. By the way, by the way, Alex Gamer. Yes, I forgot about that because two years ago I missed Halloween also because um, Zach and I left the next morning and I couldn't do anything that night. I, I had we had to pack up the uh, the truck to drive to Game Hall, and then last year they had Halloween and Game Hall. So you're right, and that that was great. We had a great time at Game Hall. All the kids dressed up in costumes and most a lot of adults also, and everybody gave out candy. It was fun. That that was that was really neat last year. I forgot all about that. And now Game Hall is not this weekend. It's next weekend, Next right? weekend, virtual, and it's all virtual, game virtual. Yep. Uh-huh. virtual Game Hall will be going on next weekend. I'm sad to be missing it because Game Hall is a great con. Once again, we don't get to see all our friends, which sucks, you know. So hopefully uh, by in the next few months we can get past this and move on. And um, uh, we don't have to worry about um, all this distancing that's not allowing us to see our friends. Well, you know, knock, knock on pressed wood. Or at least I think it's pressed wood. I hope it's something like pressed wood. Yeah, well, no. I don't know if your noggin is pressed wood. It's it's pressed something. North Texas should be my return to conventioning. I, I think Gary Khan is going to be too early for me. And, and just even at a reduced number of people, just too many people. I don't think we're – unfortunately, I don't think we're attending Gary Khan. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we are because it's, it may be – I know Luke is taking a lot of precautions and doing a. They're just doing a great job about making sure that con is going to be as safe as possible for everyone. But I just, for me myself, I think it may be too soon. So, uh, so. for me, it's too soon. And uh, here's part of the issue is that with unless you come with a car, you're stuck to eating yeah. at the venue, and that restaurant is, usually has yeah, it's packed. You know, you know, a two hour wait if you don't have reservations. Or even if you do sometimes. So uh, there'll be no social distancing going around yeah. in the restaurant. Well, you know, we got two more months. Been have more Let's just write this awful year off. God. Yes. And I'm spending next next month, I'm spending the whole month at the beach. So the rest of you can just suck it. Boom. And um, my wife and I are going to the beach, our, our annual vacation, and I'll be – Still doing talking crit from the beach, so maybe I'll have a shot of the waves in the background as we. Uh, oh, so, nice! Yeah, uh, yeah, you be out there in uh, speedos, Mike. Oh, you bet, baby! I'm, I and I will definitely make sure we get that on a uh, tape so we can uh, show everybody. But yeah, no, we need you posing it because your brother posed. Come on, yeah, no, I, I don't do that, but no, but yeah, so we'll do that. So we have <laughs> one more one more month, and then um, we'll be to 2021 and. God help us all. Hopefully, it will be much better here than oh, this one, and we can start get back to conventions and all kinds of other, other fun, fun stuff. stuff. We'll, we'll yeah, see. Norm, bring a little bit of normality back to our lives. Yeah. 
Well, hey, talking about normality, uh, at least this time next week, we'll have, we'll, we'll have a major day beyond us. Folks, if yeah. you live in the United States, uh, next Tuesday is Election Day. Many states have early voting. I know uh, New York State does. Mm-hmm. They will probably go out early Friday and vote. Um, listen, Mike and I don't give a flying fuck how you vote, but vote. Already, you voted. Don't, Already voted. There you go. Because you know what? If you don't vote, you have no right to bitch and complain. Nope. And don't say, well, I didn't vote because my vote doesn't matter. <laughs> well, you know what? If everybody said that, then guess what? You're right. Your vote wouldn't matter because vote, nobody voted. Your, your vote does matter because I'll give you an example. If you don't think your vote matters in the presidential race, it matters in down, down vote. It matters in down races. Yep. Because last year in our city council, we had a city councilman lose by one vote. And I'm not joking. Wow. One, one single vote. vote. They did a recount because there was only probably 400 votes total. It's cast the election. And they lost by one stinking vote. So your vote does matter when it comes. If you don't think it matters in national elections, it does matter when it comes to local um, city council, local representatives, local senators. So definitely, even if you don't like any of the candidates for president, go ahead and go vote and vote. And a lot of times we had some ballot measures too this year uh, about taxes. And some other things to vote on. It, was, it wasn't just a, a president. We had a vote on some uh, extra taxes and some funding the police department and some other things. So um, definitely go and vote. It, it, I, I went in. Look, if you pick pick a time of day when it's not that. I went in about three o'clock last week. Walked right in. Got right out five minutes. It was it was easy. I, I mean, I, I don't ever go the first day because it's tough. And I, mm-hmm. honestly, I don't think election day is going to be that bad this year because so many people. We've had early. more people yeah. that have voted early than any time in history. So yeah, you may not be that bad election day. You, yeah, you, may not, good point. you may not have that very bad lines. So definitely go, and, up, folks. And, and right before we close out the uh, the uh, the live stream, who pops in? But Joe, the lawyer. Bill, we need to have you on the show, dude. We need to set you up because we're these two morons here, me and Eric, are just spitballing about law issues, and we would love to have somebody that actually might know something about the law, so you can slap us down or give us a thumbs right. up. Right? You, you can you can do it in the dark, like like Glenn does half the time, <laughs> and 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 we'll, you know it'll be like deep throat talking in the background. <laughs> there we go. Uh, but yeah, and we, we also like to thank you. Thanks, Lloyd. Last week, Lloyd actually sponsored the show. Last week, yep. uh, you, you can sponsor the show if you want. If you sponsor the show, you get a lot of bonuses because uh, Eric is runs this thing called Tankar's Tavern that uh, has quite a big reach on Facebook and on his blog. So, uh, just uh, a wee bit of reach. And actually, yep. uh, uh, I gotta say the uh, the podcast. Uh, I, I want to think. I, I can't thank the audience enough. You've gotten the word out. Uh, you know, when I can uh, look at something 24 hours later and go, oh, my God, over 600 people have listened <laughs> to me. And, 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 and who the fuck would want to do that? I mean, obviously, yeah. you know, uh, some people do. I appreciate look at, it. Just look at this mug. And, and listen, on Wednesdays, you can listen to Mike and I do this live. And That's you can abuse us in the this. chat. Yeah. I'm so, loving this. I mean, I'm loving doing this live. I'm loving being able to see the, the comments as they come up. This is a, this is a great format. Isn't this so much better than doing it on Discord? Oh, and my gosh, so much better. Listen, we enjoyed Discord, Discord, and we still do uh, Thursday nights. We do a, a Discord hangout, mm-hmm. uh, nine o'clock Eastern till about eleven ish. Sometimes I usually bow out around eleven ish. Sometimes it goes on to the wee hours in the morning, and God forbid Bill Webb gets on. 
uh, you're oh, gonna need boy. to get coffee and booze just to make it. Through the night. <laughs> so, but yeah. So Chris asks, how Chris Sodgel asks, how big a bottle does sponsorship cost? Uh, I don't. How much is sponsorship, Eric? I I I don't know this actually. It's probably a pretty big, pretty big bottle. I don't know. It depends on the it depends on the booze we're talking about, Chris. And uh, you know, it depends on whether or not you're a friend of the tavern. You know, if if I'll be honest with you, if I if the, the pricing, if you've been a supporter of the tavern, you get the friends and family discount. You know, and uh, but. And, and listen, am I picky about you know the sponsorships I'll take? Yes, I'm not going to be like, well, we're coming out with a new uh, D and D is porn RPG, and we'd like to sponsor your podcast. No. Or, or if Mike Nistel wants to restart his uh, Kickstarter. Well, you know what? No, 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 no. Let's, let's since we since we've gone there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike Nistel, I got to give Mike a lot of credit. The man fell on a sword. It's a rarity. To this in, day, one of, one of the few that have ever fought us. The rest of them have, have only had excuses, and and uh, it'll be coming out next year, eight years later. So you're right. You Mike, know, Mike, Mike did the right thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and Mike came out and said, "Hey, I am a horrible businessman. Nobody in their right mind should ever give me money again. Uh, don't do it." And you know what? It takes it takes a man to to do that. Uh, now, since we're on the topic, and then it's like the longest fucking goodbye, Mike is. <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss you, can't, man. We, I'm gonna miss we can't you. let this go. We just but, can't. Uh, uh, I posted about this on the blog. I'm going to have to mention this because, come on, you have to. Gareth Sharka. Okay. Oh, we did miss uh, that. We got to talk about that next week. Oh dear. All God. right, but I'm, I'm just gonna talk I, I, about. I'm gonna talk about Far West real quickly. So, um, here's the deal. The Gareth last year said, "I'm not updating on Kickstarter anymore until I have something to release." If you want to talk about Far West, you got to go to my forums. There's only one problem with going to Gareth's forums. You can't fucking register for him because the registration bot is broken. Mm-hmm. Gee. So if you registered for it like nine years ago when he first put it up, you can still talk to him. He might even answer you. So on August 19th, Dark, D-A-R-Q, writes, and he'd been having a conversation in this thread for years. So I now have terminal cancer. I'm, I'm sorry. I now have terminal cancer. I was wondering if I will see this before I die in the next year or so. So Gareth, I guess, needed some time to think about the answer because – I know Gareth checks his Twitter account multiple times a day. He must catch, look at the forums of his own game at least once a day. But he took two weeks to respond to September 4th. Dark, I am so sorry to hear that. I expect to deliver by the end of this year. So uh, that's nearly two months ago, right? Yeah. Uh And we haven't had another update. So... Um, either Gareth is the most evil individual that I have ever known, uh, which is one possibility. Uh, two, uh, it could be that Dark is not terminally ill. I don't know. I don't know this guy, Dark, personally. And uh, Gareth is giving a stroke job to blow him off and trying. But I, I personally... Uh, I would not bet my pension, even if you gave me like ten to one odds. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, 
Uh, Garrett says he's going to have it done by the end of the year because he told a dying man he's going to have it done. Are you willing to bet your pension and get 10 to 1 returns on it? You'd be wealthy. And I'd be like, nah, 10 to 1 odds. 100 to 1 odds. I'm still not doing it. Because Gareth, this is like another Gareth promised date. And then Gareth's going to come back with, well, you know, I was doing it under the OGL as a D20 system. And then I went to Open D6. But I, I, I understand that basic role-playing now has an open system. And I think the ba- the percentile system for, for uh, uh, you know, basic role-playing, I think that this will work even better. So the new release date is going to be uh, 2023. And uh, hold me to it. I can't even speak about this subject. It's so ridiculous. So <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll talk about it next time. I'm going to do a little more research, but it's just – well, here, when you do the research this, for that uh, one, I'm going, to throw, I'm going to throw another one at you. If we're going to research that one, if we're going to discuss that, then we have to discuss somebody else who's pulled a fast one. Or, uh, uh, or uh, I'm going to give a release date that's so far out in the future, there's no way I'm ever going to miss it. I can't it. possibly miss this date. Yeah. I can ne- there's no way in hell. The date is a joke. It's a joke. What do you? How many years ago did I miss it? James Raggy the fourth. Oh, it's already. Oh, yeah, that's not good. yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, and I backed it. And, and I'm not saying that James hasn't put out the stuff in the meantime. He certainly has. And I'm not saying he hasn't put out good stuff in the meantime. He certainly has. But uh, I apparently was one of many that gave him a nice huge loan that has yet to come through. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and uh, uh, James, if you're hearing this, uh, you. You're going to go come back with the. I have to give the obligatory uh, social media update because it's been requested. Yeah, I'm calling you out. I'd like to know where my what's going to happen with the shit that I pay for. Or just yeah. come on the show. We'll talk to you. I yeah. love. I'm a big fan of James. I, and I, was, I like James too. We, I, we like we like James a lot. During so. we had a Google Hangout one night when I was back in the early days of Google Hangouts. I don't know how. I guess we made it an open Hangout. So all of a sudden, as we're gaming, who pops into the – as we're wrapping things up, it's like 2, 2.30 in the morning, New York time. It's fucking raggy. Jumps in, starts talking with my gaming group. We're all talking stuff because – and it finally, like 5.30 in the morning, I'm like, dude, I got to get up. And my wife's going to be up in like two hours. I, <laughs> I need to get – it's going to take me 20 minutes just to – to unwind at this point, but uh, you know, I, James has written every, every interaction I've ever had with the guy has been 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 fine. Yeah, so. he, he's written some of the best material yeah. out there. Published some of the best material out there that wasn't even written by him, and he's also published some beautiful looking unusable track. Monolith, I'm looking at you. He started with you. <laughs> we're ending with you. That, that was yeah. That was a. Uh... Yeah, that, that's a good that's a good one. Let's do it circular. We we can't we start with monolith. Let's let's end with monolith. There you go. Thanks everybody. We appreciate you uh, watching us. Yes, folks. Uh, world of the pandemic. Use your common sense. Neither Mike nor I or medical professionals just look at us. Please vote. Please this vote week, by the, the end of the week. Please vote or next be week. Be safe. Uh, be safe. Be well. God bless. Roll the dice. And uh, Mike and I will be back tomorrow. I, God willing, and uh, knock on wood, I should be back tomorrow. All right, folks. 
Later. Later. And.